0: continue in this series called Prayer Works. And we asked this question, is prayer work? And our hands, the hands went up. Prayer works. Last week, I put out this challenge saying, hey, will you let us know where specifically you've seen God work? And we had Few of you responded to the, the, the to the message of of where you've seen God work, and so I just wanted to read a few things, and then I want you to listen to I want you to listen to a couple ladies just have a phenomenal testimony how prayer works. I got this from. Uh, Larry and Diane shared this last week. Yeah, uh, Larry, you said you mentioned you're struggling with COVID pneumonia. You we're in the hospital, ICU, and much prayer. Remember, we remember that the prayer went out toward your, your direction, and within a week after being out ICU, you were home, and we just rejoice in God with that. Diane, you shared last week your elderly father-in-law collapsed and went to the hospital. Immediately, prayer was sent out, and within hours, he was sent home. I love what Noah wrote. I don't know if you knew this. Noah wrote this last week, fifth grade. In fact, we we baptized Noah last Sunday here. He said on New Year's Eve, people were shooting guns, and it really scared me. But my dad and I prayed, and the gunfire stopped. I just love, that was such a great moment for your son, just like that meant a lot. He's going to remember that. And Daniel, you're just right here. He shared this, and I, I talked to Daniel before this, and I love to get, a way to him share more of what happened here. But seven years ago, he said he mentioned he wrecked his Mustang at 150 miles an hour. You were in a coma for 90 days, and God spared your life, and you're here today. And we thank God for that, a miracle that's there. So God is at work, at work. And then Carol Stottmeyer, I think they might have made it down south now, but she might, Carol, you might be watching online from Arizona. But she wrote about her husband. Alan had esophageal cancer five years ago, and she just shared the journey that went on through chemotherapy and radiation, and everything. And he's completely God was with them the whole time. Completely cleared, cleared, and healed Alan. And she just put down there. There's no doubt that prayer works. That prayer works well. That's awesome. I, I, want to just kind of put a, you know, explanation mark about what you're about to hear from these ladies right now. It's just. Takes a couple minutes to hear this incredible story. What prayer works in, in community together. Take a look at this. Mm-hmm.
1: My name is Judy Hare.
2: I'm Diane Swan.
1: My uh, son and his wife, they live in Everett. He he and she work for Boeing, and uh, she is a Chinese immigrant. Her name is Xiao Yan, and her mother's name is Lucy. And in 2020, she was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. She was given six months to live. Very traumatic for my son and his wife, as they had just found out that they were going to have a baby. At the beginning of this, I took A stand for her life. I said, She shall live and not die, and declare the works of the Lord, for I choose life for Lucy. And I stood on those scriptures the whole time. After eight months of treatment, there was no shrinkage in this tumor, and Providence did not want to do surgery. So my daughter-in-law, who is an engineer at Boeing, researched the University of Washington and what treatments were available. Lucy's husband said, well, we don't want to transfer. We might hurt the doctor's feelings at Providence my response is, this is your life. This is not about people's feelings. So she went there and they said, we will do surgery. I had not seen Lucy this whole time in person. So when I saw her after my granddaughter was born, we went down there because my son and his wife were staying with them. And the only things I'd say I physically did was I wrapped my arms around her and prayed for her. Gave her a prayer cloth I'd gotten from some online uh, Christian ministry that was the only time I saw her. I kept my prayer and I told them, I'm not losing her. I'm not losing her. they got tired of hearing me say it, I didn't care. <laughs> I said, I'm not losing her. And I kept that. I never said anything except she shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. I choose life for Lucy. I remember the day she had surgery. My son called me. He said, mom, they opened her up and they were so surprised to see how much the tumor had shrunk that they could easily remove it. I could show you on the road I'm walking on where I did my happy dance. <laughs> my heart just leaped and I still, when I remember hearing that good news, Lucy shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord, I choose life. She's got life, now she's living. She gets to enjoy her granddaughter, she gets to live.
2: Mm-hmm. My, uh, my nephew, <laughs> Her nephew, Kevin. Yes, my nephew, Kevin, started having problems just before COVID started, and he had uh, five tumors, and one of them was as big as a grapefruit, I think they said, it was huge. So they they operated, and this was during COVID, so... They weren't going to really get him in the hospital, but they knew they had to, so so they did, and they they removed these, and then he was on dialysis for almost two years. It's very painful, takes a long time. He was on a special diet. He had just gotten married, and um, I'm forgetting. <laughs> Well,
1: Sorry. he had both of his <laughs> kidneys removed, just to let you know, right. so he had to have dialysis, and he was looking for and needing a kidney transplant, so he was on a kidney anyway. transplant list, and he was on there, at the. he got to the top more than once, but yep. he had a rare blood type
2: yep. that- Now I have to tell the rest. Thank you. <laughs> want her to (laughs) (laughs) the hang-up with that was he he was next on the list finally after two years and um, it was a healthy kidney it looked like it might work for him he has a B negative blood only 2% of the people in this country have uh, B negative blood but there was one other called a B blood type that could work so we were praying for Kevin everybody checked with me they asked every time you know and he even when I had no good news or new news, people just hung in there and prayed for Kevin. Uh, I told Kevin, the ladies in our small group are praying for you. And we are praying, you know, that you get a transplant and you get it soon and that, uh, you know, it'll work. We then changed it to asking for B negative because the other one could have failed. And so that's what we were praying for, B negative. And I was so confident. I just, I just thought, you know what, I, I know God's going to do it. So all this wait, two-year wait, and uh, he finally was on the list. He was next. They did the surgery. It took. It was. Do he was doing really great, and I only found out a couple weeks ago from my sister that it was a B negative blood, which is, you know, out of two percent. And I, and what are the odds of that? Only two percent of the people, and 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 you get exactly what you need. God, ask God for what you need, and I always go back to the word, read the word, use the word in your prayers, and then just leave the rest to God, you know?
1: Never give up. If I was to tell anybody, just never give up.
2: Find the promises in God's word and stand
1: on them. That's solid ground. You can stand on God's word. He will perform his word. Amen. I believe that. So, I know I've seen that
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I would really encourage people take God at his promises don't ever let go of them hang on he loves you he wants what's best for you he wants good things to happen in your life and in your family mm-hmm. you know so we serve Almighty God we serve Almighty God
0: Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? So if you have a prayer need, go to those ladies, okay? They, have, you know, and I just love the passion. I love how a group of community, I love Jesus, that the tenacity and the, the fight that is in prayer is so powerful. And so we just man, if we could end and pray, we could go home and have lunch early and do this. But uh, I do believe God has something for us. And I just want to build on just what we just heard and, and the prayers that have been answered. And, and I know I know that all, all the prayers don't get answered. And there's reason for all that. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. But prayer does prayer does work. I was kind of challenged by even this morning listening to this. I'm just wondering sometimes that maybe, I don't know, maybe my prayers are too small. You know, I'm wondering sometimes, and maybe my prayers, I don't know about you, but I I pray every day, I I do, and I pray for things, and I I pray, and maybe you've done this before, where we we pray for, I don't know, we pray for a good day. We're like, Lord, give us a good day. And there's nothing wrong with praying that kind of prayer. Lord, give us a good day. And I think sometimes I almost feel like God's saying, I've given you a good day. This is going to be a good day. Do you need to pray over the good day? It's going to be a good. I mean, I, I, nothing wrong with praying for a good day, but could you ask me for a little bit more than just a good day? It's going to be a good day. You you you're blessed in so many different ways. You live in the richest nation in the world. And you have a roof over your head. You got food in the fridge and if you don't, you can go to the store and if you don't have money, you can go to a food bank. There's there's a lot of things that you got, you know, God's providing. So we pray, we pray for a safe trip. You know, Lord pray, but you know, traveling mercies. I don't know where that came from. Traveling mercies people pray. And I'm thinking, yeah, sometimes it is a little bit a, a dicey drive from from here to Tacoma, you know. It's it's a little bit five corridor can be kind of tricky but god's going do you really need to pray for that i mean i you know you know unless you're taking a rocket ship with jeff bezos to you know i mean just well, what kind of prayer do we pray or we pray this we pray lord bless this meal to our bodies now listen i've been on mission trips and you really wanna pray over your food because you're looking at it's still moving. Why is it still you know, I've been those settings and you know like I'm not sure exactly, Lord bless my body as I digest this. Lord, is this digestible? But I think sometimes we pray, and we—I don't know if you're like you—you're—you you you're eating a Big Mac, and you're like, "Pray, God bless me with with this food." I'm like, I don't know. Lord's kind of like that's that one's going to be a challenge, you know? Like, pray you don't get a bigger rear end, I guess, or something. I don't know. That's terrible. But you know, we pray these prayers, and again, don't—I don't want to minimize prayer on those daily prayers. But you ever thought maybe God's saying, "Can you, would you be like these these ladies here? Would you be willing to pray a little bit bolder?" A little bit bigger, because I think what happens, you think of, why don't we pray bigger prayers? Why don't we do that? And I think a lot of times we when we pray, we we this is me, this is me. But sometimes I get in my own mindset of what's doable. Like what, what really is realistic kind of prayer. You know, because we, we we reduce sometimes our prayer to what we think we could handle or what, what's in our mind frame, and, and yet we're going. God's going, I'm a really big God. I'm really big. I mean, I created the universe. I've done a lot. And yeah, I know you want to pray for good days and nice meals and safe travels and good health and all those I want to bless you with. But would you believe and would you ask for more? And I think what this challenge is, is that we're, we put God, we risk his reputation. Well, let's be honest though. We risk our own reputation, right? Because what we get focus on sometimes like we pray these prayers but what if God doesn't answer we kind of take this risk of risking God and of course God can speak for himself but we also risk our own thinking going "Ooh, doubt comes in and maybe I didn't have enough faith or maybe if I pray these prayers and it doesn't come true people are gonna well they're gonna not believe in God any longer I'm actually can stumble up there to help them stumble in their faith all these kind of doubts come in, and maybe we don't think that way, but there's this time that we just get focused and limited in our own prayer. One of the challenges today is what if we, and this is kind of lately, it's like, what if we dare God for the impossible? What, 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 what would be the risk? What if we had, what if we had the tenacity? What if we had the persistence? What if we? What if we went a little bit further like these ladies did in this group? Because it wasn't just this there's a couple in this group. There was a ladies group here. There's a, there's, this is prayer warrior people. Like this. What if we went there? What would we do? What would be the risk and opportunity? Well, We don't know until we try. We don't know what it might do. We don't know the, the risks that would happen and take. But what if we prayed in such a way? What if we really believe that prayer does, does work? I want to turn to Scripture this morning. To where there comes a time of desperation. There comes a time of being bold. There comes a time of saying, would I willing to pray? Well, to pray like this guy, a poor blind beggar. I want to turn to Matthew chapter, actually Mark chapter 10. Drake's here today. Thanks, Drake, for pulling this up for us. And I mentioned we have these notes available online. You can grab those. But I want to to turn to the scripture today. In Mark chapter 10, verse 46. Oh, and before that, let me just give you my thought for today. Drake can put this up. The bigger and bolder we pray, the greater the opportunity for only God to get the credit. What if we believed for that? So Mark chapter 6 chapter 10. Here I am. It says this, they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city a blind man named Barnimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. Here he is a guy who is blind. He's in a crowd. He, 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 he's just one of many. So you get a picture of a lot of crowd. Jesus at the time. There's heights of his popularity. Crowds gathered. People are pushing toward to get close to Jesus, and 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 and, and so on the way out of town. There's this this blind beggar. Now the word bar actually bar means son. So Barnabas is son of Timaeus, and what's interesting is the the name Timaeus is his father's name. Son of this Timaeus, this this the name of this means polluted, nasty, dirty, corrupt, and filthy. So Barnabas is the son of a you-know-what, okay? He is this, he is this guy whose family doesn't have a very good reputation. You're thinking, how do you get his name? Well, the name came from somewhere, okay? This name of this, this guy came from what he probably inherited, was probably a messed up group of people, a messed up family. And then on top of this, the insult to injury was he was blind. Now, People with disabilities today, you know, physical disabilities, Many there's much help that has happened in a lot, for a lot of people. And I'm glad we have that. I'm glad we have social services and I'm glad we can reach out and care for people that are in need. But back in the day, that was the opposite that happened. There wasn't benevolence toward those with disabilities. It was actually they were considered cursed by God and and maybe because of what they had done because they have sinned or their, their parents have sinned. And here he is, he's got this reputation with this name he is he is rejected he is a person that's outcast and then at top of this he's blind and he's a beggar i mean the lowest the lowest the lowest lowest and yet what i love about this story that that god puts this blind beggar in this story with jesus and we see this encounter and in, i don't know about you it gives me a lot of hope that God, if you can work to a blind beggar from a nasty family, you can work in my life. You can do incredible things. And so I want to talk about just a few minutes. What can we learn by like praying like a blind beggar? What have we? What have we had the tenacity? What have we had the persistence? What have we had the desperation to pray that way? Well, first is this: how big and bold we pray is really based on how big big we believe God is. How big and bold we praise, it really comes down to how big we believe God is. Verse 47 says, when he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, you're going, well, what is he saying here? Well, he, he he recognized something. He, about calling out who Jesus is. You know, he says this title, Jesus, son of David. It's a it's a it's a messiah title, a messianic title. It's not saying, "Hey Jesus, you're a great teacher, you're a great rabbi, you're a great prophet." He said, "No, you're the Christ. You are the you are the one that has come to redeem and to save us." And I think it's interesting how God will use such a person. You know, if you know anybody who has a disability, maybe you have a disability. That you know, you think of a person who's blind. What happens is their other senses become a bit more heightened. So a person, actually, pretty, they have pretty good hearing when they're blind, or they have they can feel differently, and there's their the other senses take over. And here, it just seems like Bartimaeus was on another level. He he was sensing something special about Jesus. Maybe he heard the reputation of who he was, but he wasn't shy to reach out and call him for who he is. To reach out in such a way, it's pretty amazing. I think it, got, it kind of shows this. It, it goes to see that, that seeing is not always believing, but You've heard this before. Believing can actually lead to seeing. Here, here's a question for you and I. If you, if, if, is your belief in who God is bigger than your problems? Is the, the belief of who God is and who he is or who we declare him to be, is it bigger than what you're going through what you're, your face? Because I think, again, a lot of times we we pray, and maybe that's why we pray little prayers, is because we're going the risk. It's a risk to be able to, to pray in such a way because it, it you know it it could be embarrassing if things don't come through. And so sometimes we have some timidness to to this. We we we, we hold back. We 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 do this because we're really we just don't wanna we, we don't wanna take the risk. And yet we limit and many times who, who God is. And and we do this all the time. And we can gather with somebody and you can run, you can talk with them at work, and they're sharing about how you know, their husband or wife or whatever has, has a, a disease or cancer or whatever it is. And, and we'll say, we won't, sometimes we won't say anything. Like, do we risk to say, well, I'm going to pray for you. For some of you, that's a, that's a great challenge to actually have that conversation with somebody in your work environment. Because it's not, quote, a Christian environment that you're, you're part of. Maybe you're in, a, you're in a grocery aisle and you run into a friend. And they, they mention something about need of prayer. They're going through a tough time. And even for you, like you know many times we'll pray for you. And how how many of you know when you say that, you actually don't do it? I'll pray for you. Did you? Will you pray? So for me, sometimes I'll say that and there's opportunity, and then I'll make sure I begin to pray right away because I'm gonna forget, right? But I think sometimes we need to take a step further in that aisle wherever you are. It, it's just like, hey, can I can I pray for you now? Can I can we pray? Can we pray in, in the grocery aisle? In the in the middle of what people and why not? What, what if we went even further? And we're we're in a group of people, and maybe it's in your small group or whatever. And we're like, this person's really need, and you're like, oh, okay. We're going to prayer requests, and you just feel led to like let's just put this person in the middle and lay hands on and pray. So there's. I'm just saying, if God's prompting you, if God's leading you, can you believe that God's bigger than whatever that need is, whatever that problem is? And it just seems like there was a, there was a tenacity that Barnabas had. He just, there was something he wanted to go further, and like, I'm reaching out, I'm stretching, I, and, and so I'm wondering if, what if we prayed, okay, here's the risk, and, it, and our prayers don't get answered. Well, well, in the way that we want answered, right? Because like we pray and we want the answer, but it's it's kind of backwards because somehow we we somehow think we're sovereign and that we've got it all figured out and that we're infinite in, in understanding everything. That when we pray, well, God, you got to answer that. Now, God's not a short order cook. Like I want two eggs over easy and you know wheat toast. Don't burn the to- you know we we sometimes put our order into God and God's going. I'm not a short order cook here, I, but I want you to bring the big needs and big prayer to me. Let me answer in the way you're going to answer. But what if he doesn't answer the prayer, at least in the time we he, does, he, does, he doesn't do it? That could happen. But what if we didn't pray? What would be the answer? We wouldn't know. We wouldn't know if we don't pray. Again, God does what He does. We wouldn't be a part of the journey. These ladies wouldn't be able to share what they shared. They couldn't share that miracle story and how it built not only their faith, not only it touched lives, built their faith, and everybody in our in this room and everybody's watching's faith. What if, what if we didn't pray? We we wouldn't know. We we would never know. I think, you know, you need to know how big God is. You don't really know how big God is until you risk those big, bold prayers. And I've been in situations. I remember several years ago, I was living in Idaho as a youth pastor, and I got a call that one of our students had a rollover truck accident, is in a coma. And I rushed to the hospital. Uh, His name was Jake. None of his family, I didn't know any of them. None of them I knew went to church. I had any Christian background whatsoever. And so I go in the room and they, they escort me into the ICU. And I know this is kind of graphic, but they took his skull off because his brain had swelled. And so it was just like really horrific to see all he was there. And I, I remember, and they're all looking at me and going, what are we gonna do? And I knew, and he said, God, I, I'm just going, I am risking your reputation here, but Lord, will you? And I remember we, we prayed over him. And here's people that didn't even pray, but they're desperate enough and believing a miracle for their son and for their loved one. Can I tell you that, that God spared Jake's life and, and you know weeks led, led to months and three months later, he, he ended up getting out of the hospital and comes back to a youth ministry. He's got a big old scar across his, across his skull, but God spared his life. It's a risk we take. We don't know what could happen to dare God for the impossible. What if we prayed such prayers that, God, that this great opportunity to see miracles that only God, at the end of the day, only he would get the credit? Well, it starts out praying, well, beyond the crowd, beyond the norm. Seeing praying like a blind beggar is knowing this. How big and bold we pray depends on how desperate we are. How big and bold we pray depends on how desperate we are, right? We're celebrating Black History Month. And and another day, I saw this quote from Rosa Parks. And many of you know Rosa Parks. Rosa was the one that decided, you know what? Today, I'm not going to give up my seat. Uh, I'm not going to sit in the back of the bus. I'm going to stay seated right here. And and during a you know terrible time of racial segregation in the South. And so years later, they asked Rosa... Did you know that was going to be a significant moment? Well, she she says this. She goes, I had no idea that history was being made. I was just tired of giving up. And I'm like, wow. I'm just tired. It's kind of an oxymoron. I'm tired of giving up. But I think there's this tiredness come over. I'm tired of fighting my own battles. I'm tired. I am tired of it. I'm believing God. I'm going to be desperate enough to take the risk and really believe in, 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 in pursuing beyond. It, it, some people like to stay in the crowd and go with the status quo. Guess what? We would not be in the, the liberties and things, and we got a long way to go social, when it comes to racism, but we, but we see steps happening because people say, you know what, I'm I'm refusing that. I'm, gonna, I'm too tired of giving up. I'm believing. And that's what Barnabas does. He takes this risk. And it's interesting as he's shouting this, verse 48 it says, many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And I just love this, this, this guy. He's like, he's crying out, Lord, you know, just, he's blind. He's like, son of David, have mercy on me. You know, he's just, he can't see. He's just, he just hears the voice of his Savior. And, and people are like, quiet down. Don't be so loud. I, mean, I wonder sometimes that we, we fear a man comes over us sometimes, that we're not willing to take the risk, not really willing to go there. He was at this place desperate and desperate enough in his life. I think sometimes we just realize that praying like a blind beggar is—it it comes down to this. It's—it comes down to humility and desperation. It comes down to—are we willing to really go there and to see God do really the impossible? Now, one of the things I wrestle with prayer is that what happens is we we pray um, and and in and we see God do things, and again, don't get me wrong, that was amazing what we heard, but why is that anomaly? Why is what we heard from these ladies anomaly? Because we look across the world, and we see how prayer is the miraculous, we hear things. I think I think a lot of it for me is that prayer is a part of my life, but it's not only my first reaction, it could be part of my reaction, maybe the last last response so whatever I'm going through. Because be honest, I don't know if we, you ever wake up in the morning you got a headache. I don't necessarily go to prayer. I, I reach for Tylenol. Um, you know, if 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 I'm if I'm hungry, I, I you know, I'm not praying over I'm praying over my meal that God's provided, but I'm not praying for my next meal. But across the world, people were people were doing that. I, 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 I you know, I could get injured, and and the, the worst place we want to be is in the ER, right? Especially on a Sunday night or something, right? It's the worst place. But guess what? We have a hospital. We have we have medical we have medical technology and, and doctors here. What happens when you don't have any of the rest of the world? I wonder if there's a greater desperation that happens for people that the the, the size of their need is is connected to God's supply. Uh, Dwayne Viss, he's, he's our mission coordinator here for Global, and Dwayne and his family, they've been a part of our church for many, many years. In fact, you could be praying for Dwayne's dad. He's in the ICU right now, very similar to what Larry is going through, and so, God, if you can do that in Larry's life, can we believe, for Jar- believe in for Dwayne's dad? So keep him in prayer as he's going through, he's going through. But Dwayne shared with me a few years ago a story. He was doing mission work in in, uh, in Mexico, remote part. I mean, again, not a lot of medical facilities and anything there. And they, they had a prayer time. People came up for prayer. And this little girl comes up to Dwayne and, and points to a sore on her arm. And Dwayne goes, it was nasty. It was infected. It was, but she wanted prayer. And so, you know, and, and he was gonna pray for her, but he, he ended up just like putting his hand on her shoulder. And she takes his hand and puts it right on the nasty wound and, and you know, you're know you just going ah, i crossing some lines here I'm out of my bubble and not only just that grip at it, but she was so desperate saying no that's my shoulder doesn't hurt it's my arm why is your hand there and, and, and others gathered around and they prayed and he, Dwayne's like oh, it's just such a helpless prayer and as he took his hand away he saw healing taking place and this, one, this young girl's hand was healed he goes it wasn't my faith it was her faith and belief. And I think God does it in this desperate place. And so, you know, Jesus reminds us, that unless you have faith like a child, you won't experience my kingdom. I guess the question is, how desperate are you for God? In the, the hurt and the pain and everything we're going through. And, I, and it's hard because are we that desperate? And I don't know about you, I don't want to be that desperate. I don't want to be in that mo- mo- moment of need. and I, So I know I need to be grateful for what God does provide for me. But I think there's a challenge as to think that, gosh, I don't need food. I don't need clothing. I don't need, there's a lot of things I have, but yet there's, a, there's brokenness and there's struggles that we all have in a very affluent society. See, I, I was reminding you of the words that Jesus said to a very rich church in the ancient days in Revelation. He said this to the church, and I'm just wondering if this still is a reminder for the Church of America is this. You say, I'm rich. I've acquired wealth. Do not need anything. But don't you realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked? Wow, Jesus, tell us how you really feel about them. And it isn't it true. It's to say, no, I am I'm in desperate need, poverty in my soul. That a, a fluency can almost be sound like the flu. Like we're worrying about diseases, but I'm wondering if some of the greatest diseases, the affluency that we have, that we're that we're that we're struggling with, what so much that we have? Can I tell you? I'm not saying you should sell everything and then really cry out to God in need. That's that's bad stewardship of what God's given us. But I'm wondering, are we desperate enough on the on a soul level of what God can really do? Well, begins to pray. Well, to begin to pray like a a blind beggar. See, listen. This is also, you could say, is this. How big and bold we pray can open the opportunity for God to specifically respond. To specific, specifically to respond. God, uh, good old Bart's cry here. It says that Jesus stopped and said this. Call him. So they called to the blind man. Cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throw his cloak aside. He jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. I find it very comical because he's crying out to to Jesus and like, be quiet, Bart. You're causing problems and noise. And then Jesus hears him and says, hey, that guy right there, bring him here. Like, oh, he wants you now. Now he's popular. Now he's coming to him. It's just the fickleness of the people there. And here he is. Remember, he's blind he's crying out to Jesus, Jesus, and he's, he's probably searching, learning, maybe could, people are kind of pushing him to Jesus, that could be happening, but this desperation that he has, and this is interesting, it says that Jesus asked him, look at this verse 51, what do you want me to do for you? I don't know about you, but that seems pretty obvious, Jesus, what this dude wants. Why would you ask a blind man, what does he, what do you want? Well, I think you want to see Jesus. Why does Jesus ask him that? I think this, Jesus wants us to ask the obvious for the obvious. To ask to bring our need to him. Because in the obvious need, there's a deeper need that's there. So it's nothing wrong when you're in pain to ask God to heal you, to heal your body. But there's a deeper work in all of us that God wants to do. The blind man said very clearly, Rabbi, I want to see. Jesus is asking him specifically what he wants because there is an opportunity to see the specific need made, be be healed. Let me ask this: If you stood before Jesus and He asked you, "What do you want from Me?" What what would it be that you would ask Him for? What would it be? Some of you would be like, "Kaching!" That would be really nice, Lord. I could I could use some help here, right? Would that be your first answer? Money. This, how many of money solves all your problems? By the way, I've heard that. So those that have a lot of money, you're, you're doing great, aren't you? Now, money complicates life, doesn't it? Ask anybody who won the lottery. Listen, there's so much more that God wants you. What do you really want for me? I think that's a question we have to wrestle with in our life. We have to struggle with, what do I really need out of this life? It really gets down to that core level. And it's beyond this. And then listen, the Bible says that asking you will be given to you, seeking you will find, not going to be open to you. God's saying, I want you to ask specifically. This is how it works. This is our way to see me working in your life is asking and specifically asking for prayer because we when we see god answer the prayer that just builds faith and it builds a community and it speaks and it moves the mission of jesus forward but yet it's beyond this see i think specifically we 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 need to say god how can i see you do this miracle if i ask boldly specifically what would that look like and we don't know the answer until we ask we don't know specifically until we see that specific answer come through Again, we all pray for blessed days and blessed trips and healthy food and all that goes in that. But what specifically can you believe and see? Well, we, we, we have not because we ask not. Why not? What if we started praying desperate, blind, bigger prayers? Well, finally, I think it comes down to this. How big and bold we pray allows us to see and follow him. To see and follow him, we pray this way. Barmas says Lord I want to be healed and he's healed and this is what Jesus says he says go Jesus said Jesus your faith has healed you go and your faith has healed you do you realize that that Bartimaeus immediately disobeys Jesus right then in the moment <laughs> he says told him to go what does it say immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road <laughs> Jesus says go go you're great God bless you and he's heading this way and he's like are you? Oh, okay, cool. You're gonna follow me. He didn't even ask them to follow him. Jesus, Barnabas like I'm, my and his response is, "I'm gonna. This guy's a healer, but he's got more than that. He's the Messiah. He's the son of David. I mean, this guy's a guy. I'm gonna follow him." Now we don't know how long Barnabas followed Jesus. It could have been for the day. It could have been all through the resurrection. He very much he isn't mentioned as we get in the book of Acts. He's, his name's not mentioned. There's Barnabas. That's a different guy than Barnabas we we don't know if he doesn't really show up again in, into the gospels but one day one time but it, what, what what happened it was the healing it got his attention it was transforming our life and in that transformation there's this step saying no I want to I want to follow you you know it's amazing you would think that someone who experienced the miraculous in their life that that would be the natural thing to do but that doesn't always happen I've, I've shared this before, but I, I just reminded, maybe another Idaho story I had is, I remember where there was a, a group of, of our elders, I, I, I wasn't a part of it at the time, but they, they gathered with a man and his wife because they, they needed prayer over their house, they're experiencing like demonic activities. So kind of like a, you know, spiritual Ghostbusters or something that they kind of showed up at this place and they came to pray and they weren't sure they didn't even really know these people. But they noticed this gentleman in a wheelchair and he had been since Vietnam War and and struggle and really a lot of pain and difficulty. And it's like, and then they prayed over the house and that was a little different for them and what to do. But they said, well, can we pray for you? And they prayed for healing for this man and get over pain. You know what's interesting? The next week, this man shows up on a walker. And the next week, he shows up with a cane. I'm not joking. The next week, he shows up. He's not, he doesn't have any help in walking at all. He's walking on his own. The, the man gives his life to Jesus. We baptize him. And it was a miracle, though, because the stairs walking up to our baptism behind the stage were really steep. And so here he is walking up, and we baptize him. Do you know after that, the guy disappeared we never saw him until a few months later i saw him at the mall you know what he was in a wheelchair again now i don't know i i don't know i'm not going to make a bunch of judgment that man if you would have continued to follow jesus he wouldn't have been ended up in the wheelchair maybe he maybe he ended back in the wheelchair and then his faith his faith fell apart i don't i don't know I, I really don't know. All I know is the man was healed. I know he baptized. I know there was steps to take, and I don't know in your life. I don't know the results. I don't know if I don't know if one day you can make a, have a video and God answered. But I do. We do know that prayer works and that God works, and it, it starts with the desperate prayer of our own lives and what we want. I'm going to invite uh, Dave and Darla if you can come as we get ready. I want to give us a spiritual challenge this week, and it's. Let me say what it is, and then I'll explain it to you. Is it's to create a, a prayer circle, to create a prayer circle. Uh, if you if you read um, the Circle Maker by Mark Batterson, a great book on prayer, he talks about this. Um, he talks about this guy named Gypsy Smith. He was a British evangelist about 100 years ago, and Gypsy. It's kind of an interesting name, but that was his name. He they really, like he would preach the gospel and almost every time someone would come to faith in Christ, that miracles are taking place through his ministry and, and pretty soon people are gathering like okay gypsies, tell us, tell us the secret sauce here, okay? Pastors are going like, what, what's going on? And he says to him one day, he goes, well it's really really simple. He says, what I do? He says, I, I take a piece of chalk and I, I draw a circle and then I kneel in it And I beg God, God, if I'm going to believe for anything to happen out there, anything in my world and anybody that can be healed and any transformation and any revival, Lord, I can believe, Lord, start with me. Start with my heart before I go out and and attempt anything for your name, if I go out and believe God and that you can heal and that you can transform, Lord, start with my heart. Start with me. Lord, I beg you, start with me. Begin with me. I want to invite us this week to draw your own prayer circle. Now, I don't know if you need to do that on your carpet. You know, maybe you can get some pillows around uh, maybe some some duct tape whatever whatever it is but but say lord will you will you start with me will you start with my heart this morning i want to invite you to that place i'm really going to ask you how how desperate are you are you could you could you pray like a could you pray like a blind beggar today and here's here's where i'm challenged is this i don't know if i'm desperate enough I think these last two years have been hard. It's been a unique hard. okay? Can you say it that way? There's been harder times in history, Believe we, we, we don't want to compare it to World War II, the Black Plague. I mean, there's a lot, there's a big list, Spanish flu. We don't want to compare history to this, but it was uniquely hard. It will be, it, it, it will show in history in where it is, and we'll, we'll learn from it. But if there's anything we learn is it's been hard, it's been difficult. There's been people that have died. There's people that have been, it's, it's been a lot, it's happened. But, it, and I say this, it, uh, really for most of us, has just been highly inconvenient. How, really? How desperate are we to believe? I don't invite you just to start, let's just start the prayer circle right now. Just imagine, just drawing a, down a circle around your, your chair. And if you're watching at home, just on your couch or uh, you're driving, just wherever you're just let's just take a moment. Let's, let's let's say Lord start start with me. Let's, let's just pray together. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. Lord, start with me. Start with me. God, what what do you need to do, Lord? What do you need to do in me? And and maybe, Lord, you're we 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 reach out to you, and we we reach out, and and we know what we need, but Lord, you're calling us to ask you for it specifically. You might be you've been saying just like you said to Barnabas, "What do you want from me?" Or we just wanna we wanna see. What do we wanna see. We want to see as you see. We want to see our lives as you see them. We want to see the other lives around us. But Lord, start with us. Start with me, Lord. I don't want to see. I would truly want a a deeper revelation of who you are in my life. Lord, the need's great around us, but there's a need in us. Start with us. Lord, it's not a selfish prayer, Lord. It's a beginning prayer prayer. Lord, what can we offer this world? What can we do in this community? What what is it that we have any? If we don't have you, we have nothing, Lord. So start with us. We draw this prayer circle around us today. Lord, we draw it around tomorrow. We draw it Monday and we draw it Tuesday and we'll do it Wednesday. And Lord, we're gonna we're gonna do Thursday and we're not gonna give up. We're gonna do it Friday. And Lord we're not gonna let up because it's Saturday. But we're gonna we're going to come back together on Sunday, and we we're going to draw a, a circle again. I believe God start with us, Lord. I pray for those that are in desperate need. They 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 they've come to this place of desperation, Lord, and they're recognizing what a beautiful thing that's your work of grace. They're recognizing that their need is beyond themselves. Tylenol won't fix it. A, a, a bonus check is not going to solve it. Even even healing their body is not the of what you, Lord, you really want to do. You want to touch their soul. In fact, there's people are in this room right now, they would say they've drifted from you. What they need to do is come back to you. And you come and ready to receive us back instantly when we reach out to you. Those are watching online going, man, I have really distanced myself, Lord. I, I have allowed sin, not just not just messed up, but I've deliberately sinned and, and been in rebellion this week, Lord. Not only what I've done in my mind and in my heart, but Lord, what I've said and my actions toward others, Lord. God, forgive me and you forgive us. That's the work you're doing, Jesus. Start with us today. We commit that to you. And, and God, could we, could we pray like blind beggars? Could we pray like, like ladies pray, Judy and Diana go. Could we, could, Lord? Will you, will you, will you help us do that, Lord? What if we really did that, Lord? What if we really believe beyond blessed days, blessed food, blessed trips, Lord? What if we actually prayed boldly, Lord? It's a huge risk, but Lord, you're speaking to us. What do you want? What can we truly? believe for. So Lord, we, we pray that here today. And we believe for that today. Lord put that urgency in us today and all this week, Lord. That's what you want. You're in this circle with us in relationship with us, God. That's all you desire, Lord. What could happen? Endless possibilities, Lord. This adventure with you. We pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.